0: listening to the mystical city of god in a year podcast i'm father edward looney and throughout the year i'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes over 2,500 page work by the venerable maria of if you would like to discuss today's readings i invite you to head over to facebook and there find the mystical city of god in a Year podcast group and you'll be able to share your insights and reflections with others who are following along let us now give thanks to God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agurda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. we are reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 29, Paragraphs 696-701. to 701. 696 The child Jesus grew in the admiration and esteem of all that came to know him. Having reached the age of six years, he began now and then to visit the sick in the hospitals, seeking out the stricken ones and mysteriously comforting and consoling them in their afflictions. Many of the inhabitants of Heliopolis began to know him. The secret attractions of his divinity and sanctity grew toward him, the hearts of all, and many offered him gifts. These, according to the promptings of his interior knowledge, he refused or accepted for distribution among the poor. The admiration caused by his wise counsels and his modest and considerate behavior caused many to extol and congratulate the parents on such a son. Although all of them were ignorant of the mysteries and of the dignity of the son and the mother, Yet the Lord of creation, being desirous of honoring his mother, permitted them to reverence her as far as was possible, under the circumstances without their learning the special reason for doing so. 697. Many of the children of Heliopolis gathered around the child Jesus, as it is natural with children of similar age and condition, since they were free from the great malice and were not given to inquire whether he was more than man, but freely admitted the heavenly light, The master of truth welcomed them as far as was befitting. He instilled into them the knowledge of God and of the virtues. He taught and catechized them in the way of eternal life, even more abundantly than the adults. As his words were full of life and strength, he won their hearts and impressed his truths so deeply upon them that all those who had this good fortune afterwards became great and saintly men. From the course of time they ripened in themselves the fruit of this heavenly seed sown so early into their souls. 6.98 The Blessed Mother was well informed of all these happenings. Whenever her Most Holy Son returned from these errands in which he had fulfilled the will of his Eternal Father, by looking after his flock, the Queen and the angels prostrated themselves before her Divine Son, and gave him thanks for the benefits done to those innocents who did not yet know him for their true God and she kissed his feet as those of the high priest of heaven and earth. Hebrews 4.1 This she also did whenever the child was about to go forth on such occasions. He would raise her up from the earth in filial reverence and love. The mother who asked for his blessing upon all her undertakings, and she never lost an occasion for practicing virtue with all the intensity of her love and divine grace. Never was any grace in her without its fruit, but it operated in all its plenitude and increased in operation. The great lady sought new means and ways of humiliating herself, adoring the incarnate word by her genuflections and prostrations and other most loving and profound ceremonies as outward tokens of her prudence and holiness. This she attended to with such wisdom that she excited the admiration of the angels themselves, who interchanging among themselves the praises of the divinity said to each other, who is that pure creature so full of delight to our creator and her son? Canticle 1-2 Who is this one that so wisely and attentively honors and reverences the Most High, far exceeding us all in loving alertness and attention? Six ninety nine. In his intercourse and conversation with his parents, this most wonderful and beautiful child, after he had begun to walk and grow larger, showed more gravity than when he was younger. The tender caresses which always had been tempered and measured were now withheld, for in his countenance shone forth such majesty as a reflection of his hidden deity, that if he had not mixed it with a certain sweetness and affability, reverential fear would have prevented all intercourse with him. The Heavenly Mother and St. Joseph felt the effects of a divine power and efficacy, as well as the kindness and devotedness of a loving Father, Proceeding from his countenance, joined with his majesty and magnificence was his filial affection toward his heavenly mother, while on the other hand he treated St. Joseph as one, who had as well the name of the duties of a father, toward him, and therefore he obeyed them both, as a most devoted son obeys his parents. In his whole behavior, the incarnate word practiced the virtues of obedience, humility, and human kindness with such an admirable mixture of majesty and gravity that his divine wisdom shone forth in all his actions, and that none of his grandeur was impaired by triviality or smallness. The heavenly queen was most attentive to all these mysteries, and she alone, as far as a mere creature could, comprehend, befittingly the work of her most holy son and understand the ways of his infinite wisdom. I would attempt the impossible, to try to describe in human words the effects of all his doings on her most pure and prudent soul, or how closely she imitated his ineffable sanctity. The souls which were converted and saved in Heliopolis and in all Egypt, the sick that were cured and the wonders wrought during their seven years' stay in that country, cannot be enumerated. Such a blessed crime did the cruelty of Herod turn out to be for Egypt. The goodness and wisdom of God draws from the very wickedness, and evils of sin, the greatest good, if in one direction men cast away his mercies and shut them out. He calls upon them in other directions to open their hearts and admit his blessings. Job thirty-four twenty-four. His ardent desires to benefit the human race cannot be quenched by the floods of our sins and ingratitudes. Instruction given to me by the Queen of Heaven, Most Holy Mary. 700. My daughter, from the very beginning of this history of my life, thou wast made to understand that among other purposes, the Lord wished to call the attention of mortals to the debt contracted by their unfeeling forgetfulness of his divine love and of mine toward them. It is true that all his love is included and made manifest in his having died on the cross for them, for this was the extremity of his immense charity. John 3.16. But many ungrateful men are loath to remember even his blessing. For such, and for all others, the knowledge of what he did for them during the thirty-three years should be a new incentive and spur of love, since each of his acts was worth an infinite price and merited our eternal gratitude. The Almighty set me as a witness to all of them, and I assure thee that from the first instant of his conception in my womb he ceased not to clamor to the Father for the salvation of men. From that moment he began to embrace the cross, not only in desire, but also as far as was possible, in effect, placing himself in the position of one crucified from his infancy, and continuing these exercises during his whole life. I also imitated him in this joining him in his prayers and labors for mankind, and in the very acts of his most sacred humanity, by which he rendered thanks for the salvation of men. 701 Let therefore mortals be aware, lest I, who was a witness and cooperatrix of this salvation, be not also a witness and cooperatrix in the day of judgment, proclaiming how well justified is the cause of God with men. If on that day I most justly refuse my intercession to those who have foolishly despised and forgotten so many and so great favors and blessings, the results of the divine love of my Son and my own, what answer, what excuse or evasion, Shall those then bring forward who have been so well informed, so much admonished and enlightened by the truth? How can these ungrateful and pertinacious mortals expect mercy on the most just and righteous God when he was given them sufficient and opportune time, invited them so often, called them, waited and worked for them, and conferred upon them immense blessings, while they abused and wasted all of them in the pursuit of vanity?' Fear, my daughter, this, the greatest of all blindness. Refresh ever the memory of the most holy works of my Son and of me, and imitate them with all thy fervor. Continue the exercises of the cross under the guidance of obedience, in order to keep thyself mindful of what thou must imitate and give thanks for. Take notice at the same time that my Son and Lord could have redeemed the human race without suffering so much and that he wished to increase his sufferings only on account of the immensity of his love for souls. The return for such condescension should be that the creature's content not itself with little, as is ordinarily the case with ignorant men. Add thou virtue to virtue, and seek thereby evermore to meet all thy obligations, imitating the Lord and me in our labors for the salvation of the world. All thy merits offer up for the souls, uniting them with his merits." in the presence of the Eternal Father. This concludes our reading today for day number 180. We've been reading from Volume 2, Book 4, Chapter 29, Paragraphs 696 to 701. The words of Jesus and the Gospels come to mind in our reading today from the flight into Egypt. One of the things that struck me in the very beginning of our reading was Jesus going to visit the sick. And how the sick would come to him and how people would bring him the sick and how he would go to them upon request. And how Jesus said, come all you who are heavy burdened and I will give you rest. And in a sense, that is what Jesus is doing as he goes and he visits the sick. He's bringing them comfort. He's taking away their wearies. Again, we heard that many children gathered around the child Jesus, as it is natural with children of similar age and conditions. Maybe you think of the children uh, playing a game in the streets or having fun, being adventurous like little boys would be. But again, that idea, let the little children come to me. They come to Jesus as he's an adult in his public ministry, but even very early on, There's an attraction that draws people to the Lord. In the course of time, they ripened in themselves the fruit of this heavenly seed sown so early into their souls. So here we come to realize that being associated with Jesus, having him in that town, all of these people have been marked in a very special way and that the Lord is doing something very good in their lives. The same thing happens for us when we pray, when we visit churches, when we go on pilgrimages. God is accomplishing something so marvelous in our souls, something so beautiful. The instruction of Our Lady today was very rich as well. We hear again about, you know, this feeling of forgetfulness of God's divine love and of Mary's toward them that really we want to always remember not to forget what Jesus has done for us. And she says that this should be a new incentive and spur of love. That as we hear everything that we've heard so far in the reading and everything that we're going to hear in the next two volumes, that this spurs us to greater love of God because we're coming to know what God has done and what God has accomplished. And then we hear about Judgment Day, which I think is always frightening in a sense, right? Because... We want to go to heaven. We want to gain eternal life. This is the promise of Jesus. And so we want to ensure that our souls are always ready. Let therefore mortals be aware, lest I, who was a witness and cooperatrix of this salvation, be not also a witness and cooperatrix in the day of judgment, proclaiming how well justified is the cause of God with men. If on that day I must justly refuse my intercession to those who have foolishly despised and forgotten so many and so great favors and blessings, the results of the divine love of my son and my own, what answer, what excuse or evasion shall those then bring forward? Well, seek the things of God now, so you don't have to have an excuse. Always love the Lord our God and love Mary. Let Mary be your advocate, so that at the hour of our death, she might tell the Lord about all the good we've done in our life.